Welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by current Shattuck St. Mary's women's hockey player who is committed to play on the Union women's hockey team, Giovanna Mancy. This season, Giovanna has 11 points, and she also helped her team win nationals with Little Caesars a few years ago. I'm super excited to have her on the podcast today. So, Giovanna, thank you so much for coming on the pod, and how's everything going? Um, first, thanks so much for having me. And uh, everything's been great. Obviously, a PG year, I feel like, isn't what everybody uh, has in their plans. But I've been happy to kind of take this opportunity and play at Shattuck and be on the ice every morning and test my skills, I guess, and just um, keep playing youth hockey, even though I feel like everyone's like, oh, my gosh, get me out of the uh, four or five game weekends. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's any place to do a postgrad, I feel like Shattuck's kind of the spot for that. Now, how yeah. has your postgrad year been going for you so far? Um, it's been great. Um, Coach Stafford, I feel like, has done an amazing job with reminding everybody kind of consistently that hockey should have joy in it. It doesn't, obviously, it brings you stress and it is stressful to play and to you know you have your teammates that are depending on you at every moment but we really know how to be disciplined with each other but also really have the joy and just the fun um in hockey because once that's out of it it people don't want to play anymore so I think our team does a really great job of reminding each other that and having fun on and off the ice and also pushing each other on the ice in the weight room it's just it's, it's a great community to be a part of yeah. Well, how'd you get the opportunity to go to Shattuck and what made you decide to do a post-grad year, I guess, because I know with the COVID extra year of eligibility, you're starting to see that more in in women's hockey. I know it's sort of always a thing in men's hockey, but now you're starting to see in women's hockey with the uh, COVID year. So I'm just curious how, what mm -hmm. led you to sort of do that post-grad year and how you got the opportunity to go to Shattuck? Yeah. So my sister um, actually came to Shattuck, I think, 2017 or, or 2016 because she did she played soccer so she came her senior and then did a post-grad year and I was kind of thinking about coming to Shattuck um, when she was doing her post-grad year and I was in eighth grade so we like kind of overlapped for school and then I just decided uh, I was too early to like head off to school I wanted to be home I was playing on a great team I was at Little Caesars like there really was no reason for me to make the jump to Minnesota besides my sister being here. Um, so then we kind of held off on that and went through my whole recruiting process, kind of realized after a year at the Hill School that my goals for college changed because I did commit to Penn State so early on. And um, Union, I started talking to because of a connection through my Hill coaches and I just kind of fell in love with the whole idea. And they let me know that they did have a spot for the 24 year if I were to take that and want that and do a PG year. And I just kind of talked it out with my parents, talked to the union staff a lot, um, talked to my coaches at Hill. And we kind of all were just like, wow, this could be a perfect opportunity for you college wise. Like this really could fit who you are, what you want to do their whole environment can really foster you and make you the best person, hockey player and person you can be. And after talking to them and everything, I was like, okay, well, 
I, I think that doing a PG year is fine. Like, right. It's one more year under my parents, which is kind of nice. Don't have to go right off to college and, and deal with all of those antics. Um, and my dad and mom kind of brought up Shattuck again. And I was like, you know, like, yeah, like that could easily fit. Um, kind of got in contact with the coaches. They let us know, obviously you have to come and try out. We can't guarantee, um, but we'd love to have you a part of the program. So we went down that path and um, obviously it's always hard going to a new school, new place. Um, I've been to a lot of new schools um, and I can say that Shattuck was the hardest transition, but now that I'm kind of past that transition point, I've absolutely loved it. Um, everyone here is great. So honestly, three months ago, my first month in, if you asked me how my PG year was going, I'd have a completely different answer. But with the help of everybody here and the environment that I'm in, it's been great. Yeah. And just talk a little bit more about your experience so far with Shattuck and what's it like going to that school? Because obviously it's a very historical mm -hmm. program with so many legendary hockey players that went there before you did like um, for the men's side, McKinnon and Crosby really stood out, stand out to me. And then yeah. obviously on the women's side, Brianna Decker and Amanda Kessel and the Lamoureux twins, like those are probably Hall of Fame players. And yeah. how, how do you sort of, what's it, what's that sort of all like for yourself? Uh, well, so tryouts um, came and I was skating on the ice and I look up and obviously there's Coach Decker or she was on my bench. I forget if she was looking up in one of the lofts or on our bench skating, but I kind of like said to myself, I was like, wow, like this is crazy. Like I, I remember being a kid going to her games and like hoping to see her after the game. I, I, I'm pretty sure I have a photo of her and Hillary Knight both signed um, in my room. So it was for sure a surreal moment. And I, I was able to play in front of or be coached by Manol Rayon, which also is a very significant um, woman's player. But I think that it kind of hit harder with um, Coach Decker just because I like she was my role model basically growing up. Like those girls, her era of hockey, the Lamaru twins, Kessler, those were my girls that I watched growing up and who I wanted to be. So it was for sure a surreal moment. And then we went on to their um, newer rink that has all the memorabilia all around, all the Natty title banners, the amount of people playing in the NHL, all the pro women, how many people have gone to D1, all their plaques are up there. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is super cool to, to be a part of. And it's, and you want to work hard so that you are eventually on that wall. Like that is the mindset and the philosophy. I think that kind of fuels the school. You walk past a wall and, there is Brianna Decker in her Wisconsin gear with a C on her chest um, in 2008 or 2009 or something like that. And you have all the NHLers on big um, fat heads on the wall. So it's it very much like you are in an environment where all you see around you is success and you want to be like them or you want to have that type of success. You want your photo to be in a frame on the wall or your stick hung up or one of your digits for the women's pro or on the D1 or D3, whatever the case is, like it, I think that it means so much to anybody here um, if they were to end up going on this wall, because I mean, I, I don't think any of the hockey staff are going around taking down anybody's frames or anything like that anytime soon. So I it's kind of like you. 
I think they're probably adding more if, oh, if yeah, that's probably what they're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you basically are, can cement yourself into a amazing history and be a part of an insane legacy um, coming here. So it's, it's something that um, I realized that you really kind of had to like, um, you have to soak it all in. I, I'm here for a year. Um, I can't, I have to control what I can control and um, being able to push myself. And obviously, even if I'm not ending up on the wall, contributing to something, um, a part of this program and this whole organization, um, it's, kind of, it's, it's really cool to be a part of. Very, very cool to be a part of. So let's transition now and talk about the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way down to where you are today. So you're from Toledo, Ohio. So talk mm -hmm. about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? So not many people would think that um, Toledo, Ohio is kind of like a hockey town, but we are simply because we're 45 minutes away from Detroit and Detroit is the hockey town. So we kind of joke that we're a little hockey town and kids uh i don't even know we have a lot of outdoor rinks and everything that people would play on um but my first like public outing i kind of love telling people this but my first like public outing when i was born my mom brought me to a hockey rink to watch my brother play like it, it's just kind of the culture um in toledo if you're not playing football or swimming like you're you're a hockey player and there's so much support behind um all of it um, Gordy Howe's actually sons and daughters all live in Toledo. So he was be around the rink um, in the years before he passed. So that I think also got a lot of kids wanting to play even more because there was a legend walking through their rinks all the time. Just he'd step in to watch um, squirts all the way up to the high school levels that would play and to the 18U AAA. And he would just go and sit in the rink and watch. Um, so, and I really love that type of um, like, historical or history side of things just knowing that somebody that great um has his foot into Toledo so that's kind of like the hockey side for um Toledo and one of my coaches Kurt Ludwig read a book on how to coach a girl and he had a meeting with my parents I think I was um 10 years old so it was going to be my first year that I was like eligible for uh 12U hockey he sat my parents down and was like, listen, G will have a spot on my team as long as she wants. But I really think that it would be smart for her to go and play girls hockey. I, I read a book and it's they said it's crucial for her to be with um, the girls and having that bond with hockey through them. And obviously, I know G is really close with all the guys on the team and like they all love having her around. But I think that it would be a great advantage for her to go start playing with the girls. And he set up a tryout for me. He set up a meeting with the coaches for me. So he truthfully, and, I, and I've even told him this um, before and texted him and, and thanked him over little things because he helped kickstart my girls hockey career and introduced me to little Caesars. And I played there for my first um, five or six years of girls hockey. And I was surrounded by some of the top O4s um, in the country and now in college, basically. And being able to be a part of that from when I was 12 years old, having um, all of those amazing girls on my team that simply wanted to get better, simply loved hockey so much. Um, 
the culture at Little Caesars um, for sure reminds me of Shattuck just a little bit. Obviously, we were younger. It wasn't as like serious and demanding, but everybody simply wanted to be better just to have fun and, and not lose. Like that team hated losing. That I think is like our biggest um, maybe like motto you could say is that playing at Little Caesars, we just hated losing. We had so much fun when we would win and we would be passing it around and the, the jokes would be flying and the chemistry was great and energy was amazing. And it was simply because we weren't losing. And obviously that's what everybody wants to do. They, they don't want to lose. They hate losing. But um, I think that all those girls on Little Caesars really embodied that. And I mean, we were able to make a run for nationals and we lost one game that year in um, overtime to Penn's Leap. And that was our one loss of the year. And we had two other ties, but our, our record that year was so insane because we knew that we were so close to all leaving for college and all of us spreading apart. We'd been with each other for the past five years. There's probably a core of, I mean, 10 to 12 girls moving with each other. And I think that everybody was just trying to squeeze like everything out of the passion fruit, you could say, like all the passion out um, and just have fun playing hockey and being successful. And uh, so being with um, Little Caesars and winning that gold medal, I felt like was just a testament to the past five years that all those girls and all the work that was put in um, the year before that, our season got cut short on COVID. And we really thought that we were going to be able to take that title. And I, I don't know if I've mistaken and flipped the two if we COVID before, I think, Either way, we just felt like we had kind of been robbed. Like we had a good shot at, at going to nationals and winning gold. And then we did it. And uh, I think I was on an adrenaline rush for a week. Um, my face was hurting so much because of my smiles after the game. Um, and I actually knew that game that um, I would be leaving to go to Shattuck and make that PG year. So it was also like very bittersweet to me because um, – those girls I played, I grew up playing hockey with, and it was never anything to do with um, the girls on the team or not liking the environment that I was at that made me um, want to go. It's that I wanted to be challenged um, academically, and the Hill School had reached out to me, and I just kind of fell in love with their whole idea, their whole um, philosophy. They're like, um, it's an amazing place to be at the Hill School. And I am sad that I was only there for the two years that I was. Um, but I was also very lucky that I even had the opportunity to go there. So after my last year with Caesars, um, I got in contact with the Flyers coach and let him know that I was going to the Hill School and that, um, like, thank you basically for like having me on my team, on his team. Cause he actually hadn't seen me. Well, I, I went to the tryouts, but it was basically like, okay, yes. Like you have a very good shot at, at being on our team, like welcome type of deal. Um, so it was really great to kind of be opened with welcoming arms from the flyers team. Cause we did have a lot of new girls coming through also. And then when I got to Hill, it was the same type of um, idea and everything I knew kind of just, fit into place. And I was 
easily those two years at the Hill, I made amazing friend connections that I will have um, in years to come and the hockey and just how to carry yourself on and off the ice. Um, also, is just um, no nowhere else I think is like that. I It's hard to talk about um, the Hill because there's so many aspects of it um that's hard to even explain in words the coaches there only want for you what is best and people might say that a lot about a lot of places in a lot of schools but I I just went there and visited them and there was a snowstorm and both of them sternly looked me in the eyes and said please call me if anything happens in the car we will get in the car we will get you here we'll put you up in the um little hotel we have on campus like we if you are driving and anything happens, call us immediately. And that was me being gone for a year. And that's still the same um, relationship and care that they have for their student and ex-student. It just, that place makes you feel so good about yourself that you want other people to feel that. So that's how you respond and you act to everybody there on and off the ice. And I know this is about hockey. So um on the ice, one of the things that I thought was um, I'd never seen before with coaches is that uh, Ari bomb after every drill, you would sprint back to the line. We didn't do conditioning during practice because every drill you should be going 100 miles an hour for the most part, depending on like obviously what you're doing. Um, but as soon as the whistle blows, you're either sprinting back to the line or sprinting all the way down um, to the other side of the ice. It's like um, everything moves so fast. It's like almost the pace of the game and everything. We have a practice plan and everything's out to the minute. And you read the plastic practice plan before there's a quote at the top. You have all your drills you see, and there's three um, things on every drill that we want to make sure we're doing. So we had something called a Millberry stretch and it was a big passing drill. So it was hard tape to tape passes, feet are moving while you're passing. Um, and you're, I forget the last one, but it's like things like that and seeing that mentally and being able to say, okay, this is what we're doing this practice. This is how I'm going to execute. These are the things I know I need to work on. And then also having um, Laura McConney, who is the defensive coach say, okay, Gia, like, we know you can do that. Let's focus on this because this is what's important. This is what's going to make us successful in the game. This is what's going to make your game successful. And one of the things that 100% stuck with me from the hill is I can still hear my coach, McConney, yelling at me to get out of the zone to regap. And that's a silly thing, but it's a it's a hard habit for a defenseman to break, especially when the game gets faster. You have to get out of the zone. As soon as the puck's out of the zone, you're out of the zone. You can't get caught in the D zone if the puck's getting regrouped. So that is like my kind of biggest takeaway on the hockey side skill side is like, got to get out of the zone, got to make plays, um, like the tempo, not, um, rushing, but like having haste. So the coaching that I had in those two years, even with Chris bear, like all three of those coaches, um, did an amazing job. Um, coach, um, Chris bear and coach at the flyers. If other people don't realize that. Um, so having those sets of coaches, um, was great over those two years, both of course very different and it was hard because I did a split season with the Flyers and Hill so I played three months Flyers went and played Hill um, prep school season and then I did three months back with the Flyers to finish so that was um, 
a lot for sure managing with the school at Hill because uh, it is uh, for sure an academic rigorous school. But I also found out over those two years that I absolutely love the grind. Um, that's why I'm kind of most excited for college is because I know that it's four years of my life where I get to play hockey, go to school with prob- with amazing girls. I've met them um, and it's going to be a grind. We're going to be in the in the workout room, on the ice, making each other better. And um, the Flyers in the Hill School, that combination truly showed me and showed me how far I can push myself. And also that being in the grind and working hard and saying at the end of a workout or a practice, like, like I just did that. That is um, what that gives you is just um, amazing. And I was happy that I was able to experience it over that two years. And then I graduated from the Hill School and um, you're not really supposed to post do a postgraduate year from where you graduated for prep. So that's why I started looking around and I ended up at Shattuck. And obviously I said before um, how it's been so far, but yeah, that's my kind of roller coaster of a, of a hockey career, but I wouldn't change any of it or regret anything, any choice or decision that was made. I all know that that's what's made me into the person, the hockey player that I am today. Yeah. That's awesome to hear just sort of your experiences uh, in all those different, three different places. Cause most players I talk to is from the women's side, usually go to one place and that's where they are until college. So it's definitely kind of unique from your perspective, how you played in three different programs like high-end yeah, get- programs and still – but what, it seems like it's worked out for you, and I sort of want to ask you about your recruiting process to Union. So I originally – you were originally committed to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, why didn't that work out? And you can talk You can talk about that as much as you can, obviously. Okay. And why did you yeah. try to – Why? what made Union, I guess, the place for you when that decision happened, I guess? Yeah, so I, I have um, friends at Penn State, and they absolutely love it, and – Uh, friends on the hockey team and not on the hockey team. I know that it's a great school. It's a big school. Um, When I was younger, all I wanted was big 10. We come, I'm from Ohio. So Ohio state is like, we, we love Ohio state. I'm, I'm big Buckeye fans. Um, So when it came down to it, I, I was in eighth grade when I committed to Penn state and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this is going to be amazing. Like, all of the football games, I'm a big football fan, all the football games, that environment, Happy Valley, 50,000 students, like, this is going to be amazing. And um, three years went past, COVID happens, I was talking to the coach, and there obviously was backup with COVID, and um, all the fifth years, and just the uncertainty of that. And I was like, okay, well, I actually don't even know if I I want a 50,000 school. And do I risk going knowing there's a backup with the COVID and how many people are going to be there? And I want to just play hockey and be around people that are amazing and um, support me in every aspect. And obviously not saying that Penn State couldn't offer me that. And I easily think they could have. My um, good friend, Leah Stecker, is on the team and I she loves it. I still keep in contact with her every once in a while. Just a quick little like message. And she was so excited for me to get there. And then when I told her I wasn't, she was like, oh, well, I'm I'm still so happy for you with whatever you do. So 
I know that Penn State could have gave me um, something great. And then I went to the Hill School and I kind of realized, okay, well, I want to be pushed academically um, for my career outside of hockey. And I want to go to my mindset before was I want hockey to take me to the best hockey um, school I can go to. That was my mindset. And then I kind of grew up and I matured and I realized, okay, well, I want hockey to be able to take me to the best school I can go and still be able to play hockey. And I think both routes are very, very valid. And I have friends that are saying, no, I want to go where hockey can take me to the best hockey school. And that's how I was for the longest time. And I mean, that's who I was around growing up playing hockey. It made sense in my head. And then I kind of got out of just the hockey bubble and I went to Hill and it kind of opened my horizon and said, okay, well, all of these people that I'm going to school with, they're going to be successful in the um, like academia route. Like they're not banking like, well, I want to like Shattuck is I'm going to be the best player I can be. So for boys, like hopefully I can go to juniors, hopefully I can make it to the NHL. And for the girls side, it's, I want to be at the top 10 program. I want to be able to play pro women's. And obviously I'm not saying that I don't want that, but my mind did change. And I was said, okay, I want to be pushed academically. I um, want to have a classroom that has 13 people in a discussion. I know that if I have a lecture hall of 70 people and it's at 930 and I just played a game that night, I don't know if I'm going to get up because my professor's not even going to know I'm walking through the door. So that kind of all started really running through my mind. And after talks with Penn State, um, I just realized like, you know, like, this isn't going to be my fit. And I want to thank you, obviously, for the past few years that this like agreement has been in and no disrespect on both sides. But this isn't going to be um, the best route for me. And uh, obviously going through that, it was really hard because, I mean, I didn't want the whole hockey world to be talking, you know, my gosh, like um, she's getting decommitted. This is crazy. What's going to happen? Because, I mean, things like that happen all the time. And I was super nervous about what that response was um, going to be. And I didn't really like come forward with it right away. Cause like it, it was just confusing. I didn't know exactly. I knew what I wanted to do, but obviously you never know how people are going to respond. Yeah. Well, so, you're also making like a big decision in eighth yeah. grade when most people don't make that decision until they're like 16 and 17 years old. That's why I think the new recruiting rule now is much better because yeah, I don't think the way it was going now, some of these coaches would recruit people before they're in high school and it was kind of ridiculous and they had to, they really had no choice, Yeah, but it was just kind of like, you can't, it's hard to make a kid make a decision about college when they're barely in high school in the first place. Like you need to learn more about yourself and like what exactly. you want as a person versus like just sort of, cause what I want in eighth grade is not what I want now. And I think majority of people will say that. So that's, I just, that I, I don't know, just something that I thought of. No. And, and when I started to talk to more people about that, that was their exact response. So it made me more comfortable to be like, yeah, that, that's not where I'm going anymore. And um, I don't know, it was, it was great that I was at Hill because those coaches during that time, they said, okay, block everything else out. Like you, you don't need to focus about or, or think about 
what is happening around you? Like decide what, what is going to make Gia happy in the long run, basically is what they were telling me. And uh, I had a conversation um, with, I believe the first coach I talked to at union was Chris Ardito and everything he was saying to me, I was like, this kind of, this like, can't be real. Like, not that I've had bad experience with college coaches whatsoever through my recruiting process, but just, so uh, my first conversation, I believe with union, I had with Chris Ardito. And uh, when I was talking to him, it was just, it was kind of like music to my ears. Like their philosophy very much followed what my coach Ari Baum um, was doing. And it was great to see that on the coaching staff, everybody kind of had um, their like different role. Like um, Chris Ardito really focuses, he's like the more statistical side of things. Like we'll go over the film and be like, okay, well, like constructive criticism. And like, that's kind of his role and he does the recruiting and, and stuff like that. Um, and then Coach Skiba, I was able to see when I went on my official, him talking to the locker room and the message that he was getting across and the relationship that he had with the girls. Um, it, it wasn't like, of course, it's I'm your head coach, respect me, but it wasn't um, in like a snooty way, I'm your head coach, respect me. Like we have respect because it's mutual. I, I don't know if that... Um, yeah. Like makes sense. I feel like it's sort of like you guys found a way to make it to division one in college hockey. Not many players can do that. So you automatically should get respect from that just standpoint. And you're a human being that you should get disrespect from that standpoint. And obviously like as the players, I think they probably recognize to be a head coach in division one college hockey is not easy. So yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like that sort of not like known feeling that like, I guess a feeling that like you don't like, think of you think about but you don't like say it it's just sort of known and that's like my one of my biggest things that I stand on is, is mutual respect so when I walked into that environment and that's how everybody was acting and, and conducting themselves and the fact that um coach Liv who's on the younger side played college hockey um the relationships and and morale and how she acts and holds herself and communicates with the girls on the team, um, it just kind of like, it, it, it did blow my mind. Like I, I was in utter shock that first, I didn't know what union was my first time around in the recruiting process, which I mean, does make sense, but still I, I'm, I'm so blessed truthfully, um, that my coach at the Hill school put me in contact with union and said to me, gee, I'd never tell a student where to go. I would never force them or push them in the direction of a college, but learning who you are and watching who you are over the past two years and how much you love the Hill school. I can see you at union with those coaches in that environment. And I respect um, Ari Baum at the Hill school so dearly. And I've, I've wanted him like I've tried to um, basically shape myself or hold myself to the point where he um first off is proud of me but also like wants to be like my life mentor like that is the kind of effect that um he had on me that I want to be able to pick up the phone and call him at any moment to ask him questions or things like that and so him telling me that and me really 
I mean, thinking about that for a while because it, it's a big, it's a big decision, obviously. Everybody knows that. Um, so when he kind of sat me down and said that to me, it, it really got my wheels rolling because I still didn't know if I wanted to go um, that small. Like Union has 2,500 students. Obviously, I didn't want the 50,000, but that's a ginormous jump. And that's what everyone was saying to me. That's a ginormous jump. How are you doing that? Like, are you fine with that? And after months of going through the recruitment and talking with coaches that I highly respect and that know me, not just on the ice, um, I realized that Union would be my my perfect fit. And after being committed for um, almost a year now, maybe, to them, um, I have been nothing but happy and grateful. And even though I'm not there yet, they still are so supportive and um, text me to check in and let me know I'm coming to my games. And um, we actually are starting to do Zoom calls like once a month just to make sure like we do some film. And then I think we'll eventually talk about what it's going to look like to um come onto the team and they're doing that with the whole recruiting class. And I think that having a coaching staff that cares that much, um, not only about their team and how the team's doing, but the girls that are coming to the team, um, I think it's just amazing. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. I'm excited to do this one with you. So first one is what music uh, do you like to listen to? Um, I'm all across the board with music. Um, just this past year, I've actually started liking country before that. I wouldn't let anybody play it off my phone. Um, love Drake, obviously. Love 21 Savage. Um, love Flo Millie, actually. Kind of a random one, I I think. That's kind of like my rap side. And then um, my, I, I guess, like indie pop, I guess, is my other... Um, genre that i like and there are so many different ones i probably couldn't even name their names yeah i'm the same way i'm kind of all over the board probably country and hip-hop are my two main ones but i also like mm -hmm. old school rock that's fun to sort of oh, delve yeah. into every once in a while so um but i feel like morgan wallen's made country more mainstream along with luke combs so that's probably why you've started listening to it because i just yeah. think even non-country fans uh like both of those guys yeah, I, I got in because of Zach Bryan. Uh, okay. that, he pulled me into country and him and Morgan Wallen. And I know I, I barely even listen to Morgan Wallen, honestly. But um, so I could be a fake country fan, but I basically only listen to um, Zach Bryan. But then obviously like the originals, like if you're out on the lake or like something like that, all yeah, the OGs. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I listen to pretty much Morgan Wallen, Thomas Rad, some Luke yeah. Combs, but um, definitely a basic country fan myself. So don't worry, I won't be judging <laughs> you on that. Now, if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself? Um. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out one of my friends because we actually talked about this one time <laughs> and I think that she'd be the only person that could actually be able to capture who I am inside and out. And it's Maggie Jacoby. I All played right. with her um, at the flyers. Um, my dad, a week into playing there um, made a comment about Maggie and I like being friends or whatever. And then a month later 
he was like, yeah, you're right. I think you actually like just found like your twin flame and coming from my dad. Like, it's kind of funny because I didn't even think, you'd know, like twin flame, like, you know what I mean? But a hundred percent, um, she, she would have to play the role. Oh, they know. They don't want to admit it, but they know. I think that <laughs> they act like they don't, but most most people that age do know. I feel like, in my opinion, at least, it's like because you see it all the time, like in mainstream media and stuff. Yeah. So, um, I would say for me, probably like Matt McConaughey would be super cool, just kind of a yeah. chill, cool guy. That's, so that's yeah, who I would go back. With. Yeah, for sure. Either that or like Ryan Reynolds, someone that like I can just brag to people that he played me in a movie, yeah, they, even though. It, <laughs> if it had to be an actor margot robbie yeah i exactly. love all of margot robbie's work um she's amazing but that's like if it had to be an actor if it had to be anybody in the world that i could choose it'd be maggie because she'd be anybody's acting playing me <laughs> oh for sure for sure now let's get on to the next one which is what's the most uh interesting thing you've read or seen this week um, so I'm actually reading a book um, from my trainer that I had um, over the summer times. So her name is Silk Corbett. It's called Defunk. Um, it's an amazing book. It's it's nonfiction. Um, so it's a more serious read. Um, but it talks about basically everything under the moon um, to help your mindset over things. And it anytime and I've read it a few times now. So any time that I kind of need almost like a, a mental pick me up or anything, I'll, I'll open that book up and read any one of the chapters. And it's just the little things. And um, one of the biggest takeaways I would take from the book is you can have a great mindset, but you always have to be maintaining it and basically watering the grass. Like you can talk the talk, obviously, but you have to actually walk the walk, like they say, you know. And I for sure strayed away from that. And I, I think everybody does, but I um, prided myself on my mindset and, and how I handled things. And then there's a moment that I was like, wait, uh, this isn't usually how I am about things like what? And just like picking up that book and giving me the little reminder that, you know, you, you have to be maintaining your mindset. That's the next step of having a good one. Um, so anybody that's kind of looking for a, a book like that, I would for sure give that a read because it's um, extremely eye-opening, but also everything like clicks. Yeah. I don't know for me, but probably the most interesting thing I saw this past week was the whole um, Cutter Gauthier situation where he was on the flyers and then decided not to be and then got traded to the Ducks and then didn't talk to uh, Danny Briere and Keith Jones about it. And then now fans are upset at him over it, which... I think it's a little ridiculous them coming to BC and trying to uh, make fun of him. I think that's a little lame if you ask me, especially if you're a grown adult going to a college student's game. But um, but I just think that whole situation is pretty crazy. And I know it's not over because eventually he's going to have to go back to Philly and play with Anaheim. So I'm curious to see how that all plays out in the next couple of seasons, I guess. I actually um, wrote in my notes before this just um... – I, I didn't cover it just because we weren't really on that. It would have just been weird. But for Philly, um, one of the things playing with them is that we were just so obnoxious and had so much fun that it didn't really matter. And the quote that I think every Philadelphian loves, and obviously I'm from Ohio, but um, living in um, Pennsylvania the last two years and playing for the Flyers, like 
I want to live in Philly when I'm older. I want to be a native Philly. I want my kids to be like that whole um, culture is just like unreal. So the quote that I put down is that um, um, I'm blanking right now. Um, No one likes us. We don't care. Like that's a big Philly thing. Right. Um, So the fact that all those Phillies fans are doing that and the fact that that was Philly's response to Cutter it, it only makes perfect sense. It yeah. is, it is an organization where, Oh, if you don't want to play for this. Okay. That's fine. The fact that even for the, the I'm getting off topic. Never mind. <laughs> it's all good. No, like I, I listen, everyone has the choice to where they want to play in life. And, and as an adult, like if I don't like my job, I can quit and go somewhere yeah. else. So I don't, I don't think anyone should be ripping him on that for that decision. Yeah, no, they shouldn't. The problem but it makes I sense. have with it is that you wouldn't really give an explanation to the Flyers organization why he didn't want to be there, and then like wouldn't talk to them at all during the whole World Juniors, which I think is a bit Weird, disrespectful. Yeah. Like you should at least give them a reason if they ask to or talk to them, especially if they're flying all the way to Sweden to ask you that question. So that was my only kind of issue yeah, with the no. whole thing, but. Other than that, I think it's going to be a fun rivalry. And listen, I get it. I would much oh, rather sure. be in Southern California um, if I had the choice. But um, I definitely uh, – I'm a Boston fan, so I respect Philly a lot. Um, but I definitely uh, – I don't know. I think – I like the quote, though, that you said, like, we don't care. I think that should be – that's a good life advice uh, for anyone it listening. Is. It's just, like, most people don't care about a lot – about other people as I know we act like we do sometimes, but a lot of times you don't. So if like you want to do something, just do it. If you want to go talk to someone, just go talk to them. And if they, if it doesn't work out, then no one really cares. And you're probably never going to see that person again or never have that experience again. So that's sort of the way I look at things now. Yeah, and So that's good. That's a good life advice as well. Um, No, but uh, I was just saying, I had to remind myself that um, this year, like, totally new environment and i i knew coming in as a girl pg um it is it is hard uh i've i've never played i played with one of the girls on my team before and it was at a usa camp um so i for sure i've had to remind myself like they have no idea who you are um and you should be comfortable enough in your own skin that if that person doesn't like you okay who cares? Like I have a year here and um, I'm going to be myself and I'm, I'm going to be as nice as I can to people and be genuine and um, just show people who I am basically. And if they don't like it, it's fine. And yeah. I mean, every time I go to a new school or anything, I have to remind myself that, but um, knowing that that's Philly's mantra is I love it. Yeah. I just think a lot of people care way too much about what other people think about them and they sort of worry too much, don't worry as much as like doing stuff that makes them happy or trying to find people that that make them happy. But the truth is uh, most people, I guess like you're not, no one, one, not everyone in the world is going to like you. So just find the people that, just to find the people that do and chill with those people, I guess, sort of Mm -hmm. my sort of low key advice just for anything. (laughs) But one more question, I guess, not hockey wise before we end the interview, but it's just, I was told that you would, you have one of the best off the ice styles at Shattuck St. Mary's right now. So do you think you have the best style in in all of junior hockey right now? And 
I'm curious to see what that's going to look like with Union when they start posting those um, pregame outfit photos next season. But besides yourself, I guess, who do you think has the best style on the team? Uh, Ainsley Tuffy. She She's my girl when it comes to uh, that stuff. We keep each other um, not in check. In check's the wrong, wrong word. Um, but she finds clothes. I find clothes. Send it to each other. Um I'm actually surprised. I am. Thank you to whoever said that. Um, I try to keep the sources on the down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I for sure. I, I try to go for um, a comfy look. Obviously, like the sweatshirt I'm in right now is kind of massive. Um, but it looks good. It don't the, worry about it. <laughs> I, I think that it has a cool little look to it. Um, I don't know. I, I try not to fall into trends. I know it's hard because um, some of the things I see are obviously super cute that everybody has and I, I want to get. But I don't know, sticking to your own unique style and even like little things like obviously I go to Lululemon or free people or like urban outfitters, kind of the basic hitters for um, girls clothes. But I don't know the touch of just little uniqueness or anything like that. I'm not saying that, oh, I'm super unique or I, I have crazy cool clothes or anything like that. Like that kind of shocked me. Um, but I don't know. People say that fashion is pain or that's like kind of the saying. I, I disagree. Yeah. You yeah. can have a, a killer outfit and still be comfortable. Um, oh, yeah. There's, I'm not there's something make, different. I'm not going to make myself uncomfortable to look good. <laughs> yeah, there's something different about a, a cozy outfit or like an outfit that's nice. Um, that's like a good outfit. There, there's something different about like that feeling like, oh, wait, I put that together. And this is yeah. kind of tough. But um, yeah, I, I actually just um, Ainsley Tuffy, the girl that I said that I kind of kind of go close off of. She actually got two shoes of the same thing. And they're these silver sweet shoes. I'm so excited. I was looking for silver shoes. She's like, yeah, I got two. Do you want like want to buy them off me? I was like, OK, perfect. So now we're going to try to throw a little fit together of us nice, like matching nice. with the shoes or whatever. But um, yeah, it'll be fun. My game day dress. I was already talking to my um, mom about it and I was saying these little things that um, I want to do or want to make to just add my own little uh, personal touch. Yeah, that's really yeah. all it's about. I feel like you got to wear the hats too, like a bucket hat. I have not seen many like girls hockey players pull it off. So I feel like you should try that. <laughs> the bucket hat I don't know my dad actually um my dad is kind of the fashion um I guess guru he keeps up with the the trends he has on all of his um like little name brand like not crazy but like the things that some of the kids are wearing now and I'm like how are you finding this he's like I don't know I just like how it looks I'm like okay okay so um I already know that he's gonna be helping me put together my outfits and he always tries to push a bucket hat on me and I've never I've never really liked it so if you see me wearing a bucket hat one of the games and it'll, it'll be because of your suggestion all right shout out Mr. Mancy for that one though I feel like you'll <laughs> push it as well but I'll take some credit for it as well but um I guess uh I just want to say thanks so much Gia for coming on the pod I really appreciate your time uh, it's good talking with you and obviously it's gonna be super fun to see you play next season with the union and I wish you all the best stuff for the rest of your season with uh, Shattuck. And yeah, it's it's gonna be it's crazy how all the stuff that you talked about is gonna come to a close at some point. You're gonna be in college hockey officially, but 
Um, looking forward to seeing you play next season. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for um, having me on the podcast. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And yeah, I know, super excited to go and um, go join the Chargers out on the ice and uh, play under that coaching staff. They'll always be the Dutchman to me or Dutchman to me. So I, I, I'm not I'm still not with the new name change, but that's just a personal thing for me. <laughs> I think that's uh, for a lot of people.